0: Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hi, everyone. I'm Kylie Atwood, CNN national security correspondent, in for David Chalian, and this is the CNN political briefing. Yesterday was Earth Day, and the White House marked the occasion by hosting a two-day climate summit of world leaders, virtually, of course, And while you've probably heard quite a bit about President Biden's ambitious climate agenda, this summit is the perfect example of how this is truly an international issue. Even though the U.S. has a lot of work to do, it simply cannot solve this problem alone. The truth is, America represents less than 15% of the world's emissions. All of us, and particularly those of us who represent the world's largest economies, we have to step up. So today, we're going to look at the international side of U.S. climate policy. We're going to break down how the Biden administration is looking to lead on this issue, how they plan to work with allies, and how they plan to work with adversaries. So far, President Biden's climate change plan is described like this. This is a really ambitious plan, and as this crisis deepens, the Biden administration looks to reposition itself as a leader on climate change. The president has already put some changes into place, which will help the U.S. get started down this ambitious path. So, domestically, he's paused new oil and natural gas leases on public lands or offshore waters. He's also canceled the lease for the Keystone Pipeline, among other actions. And internationally, the president moved quickly to reassert America's role in tackling the climate crisis on the world stage. On his first day in office, he rejoined the Paris Climate Accord and later issued a directive that established the climate crisis as, quote, an essential element of U.S. foreign policy and national security. Biden is also committed to putting all the gears of government in motion to tackle this challenge. It's a whole-of-government approach put climate change at the center of our domestic, national security, and foreign policy. So clearly, the Biden administration is trying to back up that ambitious plan with action, including the major step they announced at the beginning of this week's summit, a pledge to lower U.S. carbon emissions by 2030 to half of what they were in 2005, when U.S. carbon emissions peaked. That will be a major challenge for the U.S., But Biden officials also cast this as an opportunity, and quite frankly, a necessity when it comes to boosting the U.S. economy and competing with other nations. This is how Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, put it earlier this week. Right now, we're falling behind. If we don't catch up, America will miss the chance to shape the world's climate future. So now that you understand how the Biden administration has set themselves up for this international summit, let's talk a little bit about the challenges they'll face, starting with working with America's allies. One of the biggest goals of this summit is improving America's relationship with allies when it comes to climate action. So here's how former Secretary of State John Kerry, who's now President Biden's special climate envoy, described the incoming questions first question out of people's mouths was, you've destroyed your credibility, you've left the Paris Agreement. How can we trust you? What's going to happen in the next four years? During the last four years, President Trump deprioritized U.S. climate action, including withdrawing from that Paris Agreement, which, for Kerry, was a very personal moment. Five years ago today, I had my granddaughter on my knee in New York and signed the Paris Agreement. Regrettably, without any facts, without any science, without any rationale uh, that uh, would be considered reasonable, the former president decided to pull out. And it wasn't the first time that the changing political winds in the United States had shifted the climate commitment. The U.S. also dropped out of the Kyoto Protocol signed by President Clinton under the George W. Bush administration. So there's justified skepticism among U.S. allies, and the U.S. has acknowledged that. This is what U.N. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said on the Axe Filed podcast this week. We did, over the past four years, gave the world a reason to question our commitments. But we're back and we're really working to reaffirm that. And so far, many allies seem to be cheering on President Biden's leadership. This is what British Prime Minister Boris Johnson had to say. I'd like to begin by thanking President Biden very much for bringing us all together in the way that he has, for returning the United States to the the front rank of the fight uh, against climate change. In fact, ahead of this summit, many countries also put out ambitious emissions goals. So the U.K. government, for example, announced on Tuesday that it's aiming to slash the country's emissions by 78% of 1990 levels. But the United States also encountered obstacles from allies in the developing world who say they're paying the price of industrialized countries who are now looking to cut emissions and protect the environment. For example, Brazil is asking for funding directly from the United States to meet its goal of ending deforestation in the Amazon. All in, the Biden administration is looking to use this summit to reestablish the United States as a leader on climate policy, while also making a real impact on some of the biggest problems facing the country right now. Of course, also at this summit were the major adversaries of the United States, some of the biggest thorns in the side of the Biden administration. But here's the catch. They've got to work together. So take China, for example. They emit more than a quarter of global carbon emissions in a year. So a solution to the climate crisis isn't possible without them. But the U.S. also still has to deal with plenty of national security, human rights, and economic concerns when it comes to China. And while China joined the virtual summit this week, they aren't exactly following suit when it comes to President Biden's 2030 goal— According to Chinese President Xi, China aims to be carbon neutral by 2060. But they haven't set new goals to reduce emissions from now until then. In fact, at the current rate, Chinese carbon emissions are going to peak in 2030. Now, both the U.S. and China have consistently said that they think this is an area where they can make progress. Then there's Russia, whose leader, President Putin, also attended the summit this week. The Biden administration is asking for global cooperation from that nation, and that comes just weeks after implementing sanctions, expelling diplomats, and accusing Russia of attempting to influence the 2020 election. During the summit, Putin said that Russia is, quote, genuinely interested in global cooperation, and the U.S. seemed to take his word for it. I listened to President Putin today. I thought he was pretty rational and put some decent visionary thoughts on about things we might want to be looking at and cooperating together. And he talked about that possibility. So one thing is clear. Working with geopolitical foes like China and Russia is a foreign policy balancing act that's just beginning. So the biggest question left is now what? President Biden has staked his foreign policy approach on relationships on bringing everyone to the table. And that's exactly what's happening here. But when it comes to this truly global crisis, is that enough? Is it enough to get leaders like Xi and Putin at the table, even if the results aren't satisfactory? Maybe this is a first step in getting towards more tangible commitments from those countries. Time will tell, but one thing is certain. This is a crisis that will take the whole world to solve. That's it for today's special edition of the CNN Political Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment to be sure and follow us wherever you get your podcast. CNN Political Briefing is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer. Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Our episodes are produced by Will Cadigan, Emmanuel Johnson, Mimi Mutesa, David Toledo, and engineered by Francisco Monroy and Dan DeZula. I'm Kylie Atwood. David Chalian will be back in on Monday.